Wonderful. Um, we'll get a chance to continue to chat and uh, share fellowship at the end. Sorry to kind of butt in, but it looks as if you're going to go on for a while. So um, obviously needed that little bit of interjection. It's going very well. Excellent. Now, just by the way, we have a children and youth program. We also have uh, a creche at the back, um, just next to the entry you came in. If you've got a very young child and feel unsettled and it'd be helpful for you to have a little bit of an escape, then please feel free to make use of that this morning. Now, how patient are you? You're very patient, are you, Philippe? Um, Kayla, how patient is, is he very patient? She's given a kind of positive nod, but she won't commit the real answer. But uh, <laughs> Now, I don't know uh, what you're like. There's some things I'm... A, sometimes people think I'm quite laid back. Um, but then there's some things that we all struggle to be kind of patient with. I mean, and we're all different on that, aren't we? I mean, if you're kind of in a queue at Costa, I don't know how patient you are. I mean, I'm patient because of what's coming at the end. It's the coffee or KFC, I don't mind because something's good at coming at the end. I don't know how long, I, you know, when I get to heaven, I want to kind of find out how much I've wasted my life waiting for a coffee to be made. <laughs> in a coffee. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Well, you know, you wait patiently. I said the other week, don't they, that they kind of have, fortunately now, they, they see me coming in the car park and they make my coffee before I get there, which is really, which is really good. I'm going to surprise them one day and have something different, but I just can't muster up the unkindness of that. Uh, I'm not going to do it. Now, right back to the start of the early church, Jesus told his disciples to, to wait for something, to be patient for something. And uh, right at the start of Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, uh, Jesus says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now they weren't quite sure what they were going to be waiting for. Now Jesus says the Holy Spirit, but they wouldn't be so sure what that meant. Or he said, he said for a few days, so that wasn't too bad. I don't know if you know that. But the point is this, it was well worth waiting for. Well worth waiting for. Now, they waited uh, on God uh, in the upper room. They, they waited with patience. They waited with faith. And God rewarded them dramatically. So even though that they were upset that Jesus says, I'm going back, physically I'm going back, he says, I will not leave you as orphans and that didn't fail to make the grade. They would have thought, how could anything replace you being physically here on earth? But Jesus says, didn't he? Hard to believe. It's better that I go away because then I can pour out my spirit and I will not leave you as orphans. And they couldn't believe, they wouldn't have anticipated how wonderful this would be. So on the day of Pentecost, which we celebrated a couple of weeks ago and did as a whole nation, we celebrate how God pours out his spirit, the fruit of the spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that they enhance uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and enhance our relationship with God, helps us to build up the body of Christ, 
and to be incredibly effective missionally. And as I mentioned back then, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not there just to make our meetings better. They are there to build up the believers so we will be thoroughly equipped for everything that God has got for us, that we can build up the body of Christ and be very effective missionally. Now, two weeks ago, we took note of the gift of prophecy because all the way, th- all the way through the, you know, as you read about Pentecost, you, you read about prophecy. Uh, I pour up my spirit. Um, Peter kind of talks about the prophecy in Joel and your sons and your daughters. You will all have the capacity to prophesy. But it also emphasizes another incredible gift, doesn't it, uh, the, on, at Pentecost. And we're just going to read about it. And I'm going to read the first four verses of Acts chapter 2. Then I'm going to read the first four verses of Acts chapter, sorry, 1 Corinthians 14. So Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, it says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Then if you want to nip pretty quickly over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the first four or five verses there. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth a few years later. He says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. For everyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak for people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strength and encouragement and comfort. Everyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Now, remember that. Anyone who speaks in tongues edifies himself. The one who prophesies edifies the church. But Paul does go on to say, verse 5, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. So, here we have these wonderful passages that helps us just focus a little bit that with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there was this release of the gift of tongues. Now, the message this morning is quite specific concerning this. Now, they wouldn't have imagined that, so when they'd been waiting, they wouldn't have expected, you know, that the Holy Spirit to fall on each one of them in such an individual way, and that they would go out and they would speak and people would hear them in their own language. Now, it's hard for us to understand how big the crowd would be, how many different languages were represented from the known world. Now, right back, as I say right back, um, at the start of the 20th century, the 1990s, sorry, 1890s and stuff like that, there began to be a, a bit of a shift, a bit of a, a move of God around the world within many churches that he was kind of saying, guys, you're a little bit dry spiritually. You kind of believe the right stuff. And then we had the birth of what we call modern Pentecostalism. It's not as if it's a new, improved something from Pentecost. But but it was as if God said, guys, you can't do without my Holy Spirit. You can't do this without my Holy Spirit. It's 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 like putting a fire out with a water pistol when you really need is a hose pipe. You need something a little bit more powerful than what you're experiencing. You need to be open to my Holy Spirit. And then there was this move in different parts of the world where God started to refresh his church. And the 20th century, even though it had two world wars, also saw an amazing move of God spiritually. 
And um, hundreds of millions of uh, people becoming Christians or Christians started to receive the Holy Spirit, started to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit, started to be a little bit more missional in the power of the Holy Spirit, started to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and it wasn't just, and all the, these Pentecostal denominations started, we're an Elim church, we're a Pentecostal church, lots of Pentecostal denominations started around the world, but it wasn't restricted to Pentecostal churches because it started to find that people in Church of England churches, Methodist churches, Baptist churches, Catholic churches. People are starting to have the same experience of God refreshing them by the Holy Spirit. And somebody once says this, Pentecostal churches today, they do re- represent the largest Protestant grouping in the world with their spirituality as transmitted through the charismatic renewal have influenced every branch of Christianity. So it's not as if we just talk about the Holy Spirit and we have to be careful that we don't just talk about it. Have to be careful that we don't just talk about it. It's very careful that we don't just say, well, we're a Pentecostal church, so we've got this all sorted when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit. Because being called a Pentecostal church means very little, doesn't it? <laughs> but it's what we allow God to do through us. But God, through the trenches century, was doing something quite, quite incredible. Now... Like I said, there was a refreshing of the Holy Spirit in modern, modern Pentecostalism. There's, you know, became more missional. The churches, uh, pastors became more united. So that's the obvious sign of the work of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? The, 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 the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But there was a great emphasis on if people were filled with the Holy Spirit, refreshed with the Holy Spirit, then they would be able to speak in tongues. And a lot of people started to speak in tongues. Now, in the passage I read from 1 Corinthians 14, if you grasp this, if you're familiar with it, Paul starts to talk about, in the church in Corinth particularly, a little bit of an overemphasis on the use of tongues. And he kind of redresses the balance a little bit by saying, come on, I'd like you to prophesy as well, not just speaking in tongues. And it was suggested also throughout the 20th century in Pentecostal churches that the emphasis of tongues probably at the expense of other things as well. Um, That's not a criticism. I I wasn't around, so it's not a criticism. But it was suggested. But the point is this. It doesn't mean that it's not an important gift for us today. It is still a very important gift for us today. And Paul, even though he was addressing a balance, he says, I would like you all to speak in tongues, and I speak in tongues more than all of you. It was just about the setting. Now, there's some variety to this gift of speaking uh, in tongues. And you won't be in a Pentecostal church very long before you probably hear some people speaking or praying in tongues. We'll just close the door there. Cause, uh. So there's some variety to the gift. And first one you see right at the start of uh, the Acts of the Apostles, uh, and that is to communicate the good news. Right at the start Um, the gift of tongues communicated something of the good news because it says each of us hears them, these believers, in our own language. Now, I think that this is a reminder that the gospel goes to the whole world. It goes to the whole world. The Holy Spirit is saying, I can speak every language. I can help people to receive the gospel, whatever the language, everybody, um, I have a way of reaching them. And that's a wonderful thing. So if we say, God, will you reach Sally Oak, will you reach Birmingham, the Holy Spirit has a way that that can happen. Speaks everybody's language. And I've heard of missionaries over the years, just the odd story, occasional story of going to a land as a missionary, 
not being able to speak the language, but speaking in tongues, and they understood them in their language. Now, that is not an excuse for not learning the language before you go on the mission field, because that's a rare thing to do. So uh, I'd say learn language. Secondly, it was a sign and wonder, because it says that the the people on their Pentecost were amazed and perplexed. Um, They asked each other, what does this mean? They thought that this was amazing. This was a sign and wonder. This was a sign that God was doing something. Now, in one of the churches that I used to go to, uh, we used to have connect groups, and there was a, a guy in the town who ran the, a, ca- a cafe at the top of the street where the church was. He was Iranian. Not many Iranians were around where we lived, but he'd become a Christian, and he joined one of the connect groups. During one of the connect group meetings, um, the, the connect group, I, th- I think they stood t- to worship, and, and it was kind of a quiet moment where people were just speaking out in tongues or worshiping in tongues, and he was utterly amazed that the person next to him was, was actually praying in a language. They didn't know this. There was a dialect in a very remote, uh, town, by a very, very remote town in, in Iran. And he knew that they, she would have no, no way of learning that language. But this was a sign for him. And how gracious it was. So this was a sign, this was a wonder, and God can do that. Now, you also can have... Um, um, a message in tongues and interpretation. Occasionally in a worship time, um, somebody might give a message out in tongues and then somebody come to the front and interpret that message. Now, often that is a message of, often it's worship. Sometimes it's God speaking to us. If you've been in a setting where that happens, that's wonderful. And there's a song right back in the late 1970s. Now, I am old. And... Somebody in a worship meeting sang out a message in tongues. So it was different to when we all do it. Somebody sang out a message in tongues, and the interpretation of the songs, of the, yeah, the interpretation, somebody else got up and sung the interpretation, and it was the chorus. Now, if you remember this, you are old. I can confirm it. You're old if you know this. And it was a song, I can't sing it because that wouldn't kind of, because it would still need interpreting if I sang it <laughs> by somebody else. And uh, the lyrics, though, I love you, Lord, I lift my voice and worship you, O my soul, I rejoice. You take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let me be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. What is amazing is that that was given as a message in tongue and somebody sung the interpretation. Isn't that lovely, isn't it? Isn't that lovely? There we go. So that's what God can do. But on the whole, Paul, you see, Paul points out, I think, in Corinth, when he's saying, you know, I kind of want you to prophesy because that builds up the whole body. Because what he's saying, that that speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, singing, it's a personal gift. It's something for you. So don't just have something personal for you, but it is a personal gift, and it's a wonderful personal gift uh, for each one of us, to each believer. Uh, Because anyone who speaks in tongues edifies themselves, builds them up in their own relationship with God. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness when we don't know what to pray. Have you ever been there? Really don't know what to pray in this situation, but God somehow, spirit to spirit, helps us to pray in a powerful and effective way. Now, when over the years, mainly with young people, I've done seminars and workshops 
on the gift of tongues, I tend to kind of get them into twos and say, if you've got a question about this particular gift, why don't you have a chat about it? And then we write all the questions up on the board and we go through some of the questions. Now, I'm not saying I'm an expert at all, but I understand some of the questions that people sometimes have. So here's a few of them. Okay, It's not a workshop, it's not a seminar, but here's a few of them. Is the gift of speaking tongues available to all believers? The pastor of this church fully believes yes. Fully believes yes. As a denomination, we fully believe yes. There is a gift for all of us because uh, there's a lot of reasons for this. I mean, Paul says, I, you know, I would like all of you to speak in tongues. And also, it's a personal gift. So whereas the other gifts build up other people, I think the thinking is that God, if he gives a gift like tongues, would be for all of us. So we can all be built up in the faith. So we believe it. And, and in the upper room, the 120, it might be coincidence, but all of them, all of them received the gift. So we do believe that it's a gift for all of us. We don't believe people that are second-class Christians if they... Don't. There's many Christians that have been used by God who don't speak in tongues, so please don't think that there's anything about first-class th- Christians at all. But we do believe that it is for all of us. And in the Acts of the Apostles, when people were filled with the Holy Spirit or baptised in the Holy Spirit, and even those that said we didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit, when they were prayed for, did receive that gift to speak in tongues. Is speaking in tongues always a known language? Do you always know what people are saying? I would say very rarely would you know what they are praying. It's not a known language. It's a bit like, because it's between us and God. It's, have you ever been with a couple in love who seem to have their own language <laughs> when they talk to each other? I mean, you don't want to be there, do you, really? You don't want to be there. I'm a Christian, get me out of here. I'm a person, get me out of here. <laughs> it's spirit to spirit. It is, it's like, the only way I can describe it, it's like sweet nothings. Between us and God. It's such a personal and intimate thing. So is it always a known language? No, it's not always a known language. Does God make somebody speak in tongues? No. God doesn't make us speak. God doesn't make us worship. God doesn't make us pray. We have a choice. It's not as if God overwhelms us or overpowers us. But the good thing is, he says that, the, that they spoke in tongues as God enabled them. So he's been enabled. So in the 120th room, they were enabled to by God, but you still have to you still have to speak. And, uh, yeah, moving on. So, does a, per- yeah, does a person control when they speak in tongues? Yes, we do. It, it is a choice. God does not make us speak or pray or worship. Uh, how do I know it's not just me? Well, like any gift, it's a step of faith. Any gift is a step of faith. Any gift is a step of faith. If you prophesy, it's a step of faith. If you pray for someone to be healed, it's a step of faith, isn't it? We have to 
step out when we use the gift, we step out in faith. And, uh, and sometimes it is a step of faith when you start out. You just think, oh, is it me or is it the Lord? But it's a step of faith. And, when you, rec- and you realize after a while, it's not you. It is, it is the Lord. It is a step of faith. Is the gift for a period of time? Just a period of time? No, it's not just for a period of time. It's not as if God gives the gift and then takes it away again, because in Romans chapter 11 it says, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable, which means that what he gives us he doesn't take back. God doesn't give us good gifts and then take them back again. How much Father you know, knows how to give good gifts to his children doesn't give them and take back again. We might not use them, might not open them, might not step out, might not be blessed by them or bless other people, but he doesn't take them back. Because uh, that's his heart. If you don't speak in tongues, does that mean that you're not full of the Holy Spirit? Now, as a denomination, we don't believe that. No, we think that there's many signs of being full of the Holy Spirit, of how God works within our lives. And that's one of the gifts. Often is the doorway to other gifts. That's often people's story. But it doesn't. God uses it in every way. Because the Bible says this, the Spirit gives us everything we need for life and godliness. Many ways that God will use us when we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, just moving on very quickly, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 14, you can read it for yourself, because it's really good about the use of the gift of tongues, and certainly in a public setting. Now, you need to understand the context is that Paul is correcting their overuse of the gift of speaking in tongues corporately. They really had a thing uh, about it. But what is wonderful uh, within our church and other churches I've been in is that there's times within our worship um, when people want to speak out and sing out themselves and we do it corporately. I just think they're wonderful. They're heavenly moments, aren't they? When we all sing out, and the song worship is fantastic, the band serves so well here, and draws into the presence of God. And I know them as a worship team, they don't want to just be leading songs for us, which they're not just doing anyway, but they... But it kind of catapults us into God's presence. And I, I'm saying this is a bit of an encouragement. So whether we sing out in our own language, some of you speak about five languages anyway, so, you know, in a time of worship, you can use them all. That's absolutely fine. I'm not going to interpret them, but, yeah, whatever you want to do. But it's also wonderful, isn't it, as well, within it, you know, within the different languages here and the different spiritual languages here, you know, those moments where it's just, I don't know, you can't, you can't quite create them, can you? It's kind of there, isn't it? And, and what I encourage you, let's, let's all step out. I just think that blesses God so much. Uh, it blesses me. And it's just that when that, that just rises, isn't it? And it could be your own language, and you could be saying the same thing over and over again. And those of you with good voices, please sing it out. Please sing it out. Don't be... You know, don't be shy because it encourages other people to sing out and to speak out. And it's, it's, just, it's just heavenly, isn't it? And, it, it, you know, it blesses God, very important, blesses us. I think it does something spiritually around us as well. Can't fully explain it, but there is something about it, isn't there? So I just really want to encourage that. And, uh, you know, it's something that is quite spontaneous. Now the problem that the, 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 the Paul had a problem with them in Corinth with speaking in tongues is that they, they didn't speak to people normally. 
So it's like as if, on, if imagine the welcome team just be, welcoming everybody in tongues. Now, if they do that, please let me know. I'll be intrigued because there should be an interpretation. And I don't know who's going to give that, but there we go. Um, so Paul says, I'd, you know, in a corporate setting, I'd rather speak five intelligible words to instruct rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. He said, I'd rather speak five words that you can understand than 10,000 in a corporate setting. But bear in mind, Paul says, I speak in tongues more than any of you. So he's not having a go. He's just saying what is helpful within that setting. So he's just saying be considerate. He's just saying be wise. But the, the gift of tongues is just, a, it is a wonderful gift that can bless the whole body, but it is a personal gift. On the whole, it's a personal gift that God gives us to us to build up uh, our faith, to build our connection with him, to aid us in our worship, to, when we don't know what to pray. And uh, I don't know anybody that's testified to, to begin speaking or singing in tongues where it's not been a blessing. I've come across a lot of people that thought, oh, this is a bit weird, I don't want it there. But I've not known anybody who's spoken in tongues that not said, this is a blessing to me. God only knows how to give good gifts. He really does know how to give good gifts. So I'm going to invite, uh, for the last part of um, what I'm going to say, is I'm going to invite a couple of people to come up. I'm going to ask them one or two questions. They've agreed to this. Don't worry if you've... I'm not going to pick on anybody. You'll know if I've asked you. You'll have said yes. And, um, yeah, and that sort of stuff. Uh, Yeah. So there's two people. So um, Belle and Jenny, they're going to come up and uh, help me by answering one or two questions about their own personal experience. So if you'd like to come up now, that would be wonderful. I'll just move the lectern that way so that you could... Yeah, do you want to go that side? <laughs> just created some space, but that's fine, that's fine. Do you want to go this side as well? Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Well rehearsed, well rehearsed, as you can see. Wonderful. Okay, so I'll go with Belle because you've got the microphone. And I kind of give her a hint of what uh, we're talking about. So, Belle, just very quick, how long have you been coming to this church? Since November. Since November, wonderful. I can't do the maths, but... Since November, <laughs> you remember, so that is uh, a few months, so that's fine. So were you brought up to go to church, Bell? I was. I was brought up um, in Elam churches in... Oh, gosh, my cousins are filming me. Um, I was brought up in Elam, cous- in Elam cousins, Elam churches in London, um, but I didn't really have any interest in God. So I, like, I could say all the things to make you think that I was a Christian, but I really wasn't. I was okay. really good at acting. And then I became a Christian at eight, um, 18, actually at the gathering, which is what Limitless has replaced. Oh, okay. And it was an absolutely incredible encounter. And then, yeah. Fantastic. Seven, eight years na- later, I'm still a Christian. So you were brought up in a church where even though you didn't become a Christian until later. So the gift of people speaking in tongues was quite familiar to you? I was brought up in very African churches. So you'd always have auntie screaming on the floor, on chairs, (laughs) speaking in tongues (laughs) and stuff like that. So I thought it was a very strange thing. I it just it was very very weird. It was quite scary actually okay. being quite young. <laughs> Did that put you off a little bit then? Yeah, I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't you don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is weird. It also felt like it was a bit attention seeking at times. Nice. Like all the superior Christians would be nice. on the floor. The ones that were less superior, maybe maybe wobbling a little bit. <laughs> 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 
was just very. Are it was these very terms strange. in the Bible? Are they in the, you know, <laughs> Sorry. the Christian wobble? <laughs> yeah. Okay, wobbling is allowed here. But <laughs> I think that's a really helpful thing to say. I'm sorry to. Um, so, so it was something that you kind of kept your distance from a little bit then. Yeah. So, so what changed? What changed? Um, became a Christian, had lots of conversations about it. I really struggled with praying when I first became a Christian. So I just found it quite awkward. I didn't know what to say. I thought I was bad at praying. I didn't want to pray with other people. And then people telling me how speaking in tongues could help with that. And I was like, oh, okay, I want that. I want that, Lord. And then they prayed for me to speak in tongues and nothing happened and it was about that way for four-ish years I'd had so many people lay their hands on me and I was like this is the time this is the time I had the lead pastor of my old church in Coventry and I was like this is the time he's gonna pray for me and then they'd be like and nothing would come out <laughs> I just stand there okay. so it was really frustrating because I was like oh lord I really want this gift because I want to be able to communicate with you I want to be able to speak to you but nothing's happening so I wondered if I was a second class Christian um I wondered if it was a gift for everyone if it was just for some people so I really went on a whole journey like what what is this gift what does it mean is it for everyone and I did believe it was for everyone so I was like okay it's just a matter of time then yeah so what happened then because I was at David's tent and um just explain that quickly it's a Christian festival (laughs) because there might not be any David's here so Okay, they might try and find this tent, so uh, just... Right, let, it's a Christian festival. It's not some random guy called David. <laughs> and it's a 72-hour non-stop worship event, and it was absolutely amazing. People from all over the world there. So I was at the um, festival. I was in the main tent just worshipping. I'd come off serving from the steward team. Um, and there was a guy at the front talking about his experience of tongues and how he always really struggled with it. And, you know, when God gave him the gift, it was amazing. So he just stood up there and he was like, I release a gift of tongues into the audience. And it felt like something was bubbling up in my stomach and it just came out and I was speaking and I was like listening and I was like, I'm not speaking English. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what yeah, I'm saying yeah. and I couldn't stop it. Yeah. Um, and that was like the first time and it just felt really amazing because I kind of always thought I had to have someone lay their hands on me to yeah. stay in it. But he was miles away from me, miles and miles yeah, away from yeah. me and just went, I released a gift and it like bubbled up and it yeah. kind of changed. And then I started singing in tongues as well. So it sounds slightly different um, too. But yeah, it was just really cool. Great. And how does it bless you now? Um, it really encourages me. I find myself when I'm really stressed out and anxious, I'll just start speaking in tongues randomly. Um, I was a really anxious driver. I had a car crash quite early on to my driving career. So driving after that was really, really terrifying for me. Mm-hmm. So I'd find myself speaking in tongues on the motorway the whole time as well. When I had like interviews coming up, when I had things at work stressing me out, I just find myself speaking in tongues. It really helps to encourage me as well. and just helped me to remind myself that God is there and he's listening, even though I have no idea what I'm saying. He knows what I'm saying yeah, yeah. and he's there and he cares. So that's Fantastic. been really helpful. That's amazing. Thanks, Val. Really good. Really good. Really good. Really good. Great. Thanks, Val. Great. Thanks, Jenny. Um, so, were you brought up to go to church? Yes. So, what was, what's your story early years then? And um, a, a little bit different, but we were, I was brought up in a charismatic church, yeah. part of the Salt and Light movement. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, it was, there wasn't much talked about, the infilling of the Spirit, although there were people that would come up and would... There were people who would sing in tongues and there'd be interpretations. So it was very much 
I was just used to it. Yeah. Um, until around, I think it must have been late 1980s, 1990s, when something called the Toronto Blessing happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. So a bit like what you were talking about, the charismatic renewal. Yeah. Um, and it kind of just swept into our church and they, there was a real refreshing and there started to be lots of meetings that people could go to where they started talking about this thing called the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so you're familiar with the gift of tongues at that point? Um, I mean, yeah, I was, I was young. Um, so I think when I was 10... Um, I attended a day at our school run by another local church where they were talking about all the different gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, And they said each of the gifts, and then they just invited anyone who wanted a specific gift to come forward and to be prayed for. Um, And did you do that then? Yeah. So when I was 10, it was mainly adults. Um, I'm not even sure how I ended up going on my parents at the back, and they're (laughs) probably thinking, I don't know when this happened. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I went up and... It was instant. Um, so somebody prayed. So you asked them to pray. Yeah, we were all you. standing in a circle, yeah. and they yeah. prayed for everybody as yeah. a whole. And then they just said, "Okay, speak." And I just spoke, and I was like, "Oh, this, this is it." Yeah. I mean, I, because I was ten, it helps sometimes because I didn't have that adult rationality where yeah. you're like, "What's yeah. going on?" And I'm going to wait for something to happen. I just was like, "Okay, this is it." Then let's. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Speak. <laughs> So, did you speak in tongues, pray in tongues, worship in tongues quite regularly from that point onwards? Um, kind of. I was, I was very much learning because I was growing in my own faith. And the main time I would, would use it then would be as part of my worship. Yeah. Um, so, I would sing in tongues often when I kind of didn't know what to say but wanted to express my worship to God. That, yeah. that was the main time, I would say, until I got a bit older. Um, yeah. And how does it bless you, bless you now, Jenny? Um, similar to Belle, um, I definitely think it's, it's those times when you, you, want, you want to pray, but you don't know how to pray. Um, so, and often I'll find, apart from in kind of that worship time and just me communing with God, uh, when I'm praying for other people or if there's a situation, yeah. so intercession, the main time, like when I was when I was fourteen, I was prayed for at Soul Survivor, and I had a real, I kind of had this. It was like a burden to pray, and it felt like it just felt I was really uncomfortable in my gut, and I was trying to pray, but I didn't know what to pray. And the person next to me said, "Pray in tongues." If you pray in tongues, and it was like a release. As soon as I started right. praying in tongues, yeah. I felt like I was actually praying the will of God for the situation, oh, and that's the main time I, I sense it now, is when I'm praying, yeah. praying for others, and I don't know how to pray. Yeah. I can pray in tongues and know that that's exactly God's yeah. will for Brilliant. the situation. Yeah, he knows. That's fantastic, Jenny. Now, really helpful. Thanks for that. Yeah, really good, really good, really good. I mean, two different kind of testimonies, I think really helpful and bring up some great... Um, you know, points. I'm going to invite uh, the band up. I'm going to, not going to say too much more. Um, we will invite people who'd like to be prayed for. Um, for Bell saying it was a little bit more spontaneous. For me, it was a little bit more spontaneous, but I had been prayed for by people before, and then in a worship setting, it just kind of all flowed. So a little bit later, so that was really helpful. I think receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I think in the upper room they were kind of unified, so being one with other Christians is, is kind of helpful. 
Um, desire is important. God's not going to force something on us. So if the desire is there, I think, you know, says God, God says, I give you the desires of your heart. Maybe that God's put that desire there, you see. <laughs> I think that he's done that. Stepping out is important when it flows. And, and often a lot of people have been helped by being prayed for. Uh, certainly initially we see that in the Acts of um, the Apostle. But just reiterate that God only knows how to give us good gifts. And uh, he, in, you know, in order to bless us. So I'm going to encourage us to, yeah, stand to our feet. Been sitting for a while, so if you're able, why don't you do that? The, the band are going to lead us quietly in a lovely worship song. And within it, you, yeah, worshippers, you want to worship. But also, uh, we'd love to, if you'd like us to pray for you today. It might be something that you've received the gift of tongues has been dormant. You just feel as if just like something to pray for you today. It might be something totally new and you're saying, God, I just really don't understand that, but I'm just, I'm just willing to have whatever you've got for me. And uh, all we're going to do is pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and then God brings what God wants to bring to refresh you. So if you'd like us to pray for you this morning, we'll do it very quietly. We're not going to make you do anything. Just pray that God will fill you with the Holy Spirit and bless you and, and pray that you'd receive anything that he's got for you. So if you'd like to be prayed for this morning, just as we uh, worship uh, quietly with this song, why don't you come to the front and people like Emily and Wendy and others will be down here and we'd love to pray for you.